Hello, friends. Welcome to the Logistics of Logistics podcast. My name is Joe Lynch. Thank you so much for joining us today. On the Logistics of Logistics, I talk to experts in logistics and transportation, warehousing, fulfillment, supply chain, and of course, technology. And during these interviews, I'm always the one asking the dumb questions. I ask the dumb questions so you don't have to. Today's topic is the overlooked advantage in trucking with my friend Blake Grolmus. When I talk to people on my podcast, it's typically about technology. We talk a lot about tech. We talk a lot about what AI is going to do in our business and all the new automation. But we all know that the truckers are the basis of our business. Blake is a vice president over at Ruan Trucking, one of the country's largest trucking companies. They actually have trucks and drivers. And he talks about some of the overlooked advantages in trucking. And those insights from somebody who day-to-day is with the drivers is very different from all the tech talk we normally have. And I think it's really grounding. So check out my interview with Blake Romus. But before we get to the interview, I want to tell you about the TMSA conference that's coming up in Savannah, Georgia, June 11th. 12th and 13th. And TMSA is Transportation Marketing and Sales Association. And they're having a conference called Elevate. It's down in Savannah, June 11th, 12th, and 13th. And it's all about learning, networking, getting inspired, having a good time, meeting the very top marketers in our space. And all the people who know how to grow your sales, they are at this conference. So it's a great event if you're trying to grow your sales and who isn't trying to grow their sales. So tmsatoday.org is the website. I will put a link to it in the show notes. I hope to see you down there. I will definitely be down there. So how's it going, Blake? I'm doing well, Joe. Thank you for having me. Blake, please introduce yourself and your company and where you're calling from today. Yes. My name is, again, it's Blake Gromus. I'm the Vice President of Safety for Ruan Transportation based here in Des Moines, Iowa, right in the middle of the heartland. Very, very nice. Now, before we go any further, what is the overlooked advantage in trucking? So in my opinion, the overlooked advantage is safety. It's uh, Safety is such a critical component in the space of trucking and transportation. That's something that we are very focused on. It's near and dear to our heart here at Ruan. So excited to share more about that today. Yes, 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 yes. We Before we hit record, we were talking a lot about safety. And, you know, we've had a crazy time since during COVID, obviously crazy times, but we made it to the Wall Street Journal, the trucking business, as all these scams kind of happening. And just, it feels, uh, I've heard some people usually say it offline about how there's a lot of kind of lawlessness going on. Like a lot of people trying to bend the rules because it's tough times. So all of a sudden everybody starts kind of saying, well, we don't necessarily have to do that. We're, we're you know, if you're going out of business, maybe you don't care about doing the right things. And Nobody's going to deny this. This is a super tough business. So we understand why people want to break the rules. And a lot of times when they're breaking the rules, they're safety rules. But we'll come back to that in a minute. Tell us a little bit more about Ruan Transportation. Yeah, so Ruan is, uh, we're just about ready to celebrate our 91st birthday here coming up this summer. We were uh, a trucking company that was founded by our very first driver, John Ruan, back on July 4th, 1932, in the midst of the Great Depression. Grown over time, we are now a top 50 for hire carrier in the United States. We, again, based in Des Moines, Iowa here, we operate primarily in the dedicated asset-based transportation space, but we also have a, a very rapidly growing managed transportation or 3PL arm of our company along with brokerage and warehousing services. Yep. I think 
from what I remember, I haven't looked lately, but you guys, I think, are one of the largest private-owned trucking fleets in America. Yes, we are. And yeah, and I've, I've visited you guys there in Des Moines. I've worked with Ruan in the past. Great company. I've said this before to uh, Ben McLean, your CEO on the podcast, and he's from Grand Rapids, Michigan. And I always say, when I went to Des Moines, it reminded me a lot of Grand Rapids. And I mean that in a really positive way, because one of the things I love, I love those mid-sized cities. They don't seem to have the traffic and kind of all the urban ills that we all have in our main cities, the, the big cities. If you're an NFL city, you've got certain issues that we all are aware of, <laughs> traffic Absolutely. being a big part of it. But I love Des Moines. I've been there a few times and um, I visited the Ruan team when I was there. Yeah, it's a, it's a great spot. You know, we, we live, my family lives about 25 miles west of downtown Des Moines. And on a bad traffic day, it takes me maybe 40 minutes to get to work. Most days it's right at that half hour mark. But yeah, it's, it's a great area. We've got a, 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 you know, great presence from a business standpoint. It's a great place to raise a family, great education and, and school systems around here good entertainment venues. We get that, uh, the overflow when the, the big concerts are happening in Kansas City, Chicago, or Minneapolis, they usually stop through Des Moines on the way to the next one. So we uh, we get the benefit from that as well. Right. And I've, I've said this before on my podcast, the first time I went to see Ruan, somebody said, well, yeah, they're downtown. And there's a hotel. I think, I think Ruan built the hotel next door. And yes, the Marriott right across the street. Yeah, it was a Hyatt when I was there, but I think Marriott. But I remember they said, "Yeah, it's right downtown." And I was like, oh, "Imagine I've gone. I've never been to Des Moines, but there's a big terminal downtown. That's weird." All right, <laughs> and, then, and then and then I was just driving. And by the way, somebody had said it's a big building. It's a skyscraper. I just had in my mind though, I'm driving to a terminal, and you guys have a beautiful building down. I know you have terminals all over the place, but your building downtown is a beautiful building. And again, I stayed next door and I was like, this is sweet. I parked my car and I walked next door. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, it, it really does speak to John Ruan's philanthropic nature. He, he realized back in, in, uh, you know, the sixties and seventies that downtown Des Moines needed some revitalization it needed a boost to energy, and when when he said it's time to build our new headquarters, he invested in the downtown area, and the the Ruan family continues to invest in the downtown Des Moines area, whether it's through the real estate, through philanthropic efforts like the World Food Prize. It's really something that's near and dear to the Ruan brand for sure. Yep, very very nice. So anyway, we started to talk a little bit about what Ruan does. So. First off, what is dedicated? I know that's one of your bread and butter businesses. What is dedicated trucking for those who don't get into that day to day? Yeah, so dedicated trucking really is a private fleet other under another name. We are our drivers, our assets are dedicated to a specific contracted customer, whether that be in the grocery space. We have a lot of flatbed metals and steel hauling, big presence in the dairy arena, grocery retail, you name it, we haul it in some way, shape, or form. But it really does become an extension of our customer where we're sitting with them as they go through their planning processes for their transportation needs. We're taking that and matching it against the assets and driver resources that we have available to make sure that we get their products where they need on time. Yep. So when I say dedicated, that means that truck that's rolling down the street, it might be owned by Ruan or is it owned by your customer? 
It's owned by Ruan, and we're operating it, and we are essentially fulfilling that need for our customer in lieu of them having to own their own fleet. But oftentimes it is branded to the customer, and even that, yes. even the driver might have their uniform on? Yes, absolutely. You'll see a, a mix within our fleet. Some of our trucks have the red Ruan logo right on the side. Others have a customer logo, and then you know the, the uh, operated by Ruan Transport Corporation and our DOT number underneath it. A lot of times you'll see uh, a, a customer branded trailer with kind of a, you know, a 53 foot mobile billboard for our customers rolling down the interstate. Right. And I think this is, you don't always see a ton of Ruan trucks. And again, you are a very large trucking company. And I know you're not the only one that has this, but your customers are well known and they have their billboard, right? But you don't have the Ruan. And I always say it's almost like Intel. Like where it says Intel inside on your on your computer. That's a great analogy. <laughs> you guys are Ruan inside. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. No, it's un- unless you know any better. Yeah. Many times you you wouldn't assume that it was a Ruan truck. You would think that it's one of our customers that's rolling down the the uh, road until you see that DOT number or our driver gets out of the cab and you can see that they've got a, a Ruan patch on one side of their shirt and a customer logo on the other side. Right. And by the way. I- it makes sense because let's say if I'm a retailer and I say, okay, I've got retail stores, I have some distribution centers, and I have my own trucks. And by the way, some people I'm sure can run those very well, but we all know how hard trucking is. So a lot of them say, you know, what the hell am I doing with this? Let Ruan, they're experts in this. I will focus on my core business and let them manage my, my fleet and my team. And they're good at it. <laughs> Absolutely. That's our goal is, is to be that center of excellence for all things transportation. Like I said, we've, we've been in this industry for almost 91 years now. Doing it for a long time, you, you gain a lot of appreciation for how hard this work is. But you also learn the right way to do it, the right way to hire drivers, the right way to train drivers, the right way to treat your customers and, and make sure that everybody's on the same page to make it a, a, a flawless partnership. Yep. And I, by the way, I never, I never knew to, I knew what dedicated trucking was, but I, I, I have talked to one of your customers in the past and they said it really works out well. And sometimes it's, sometimes the, are especially during the, during the crazy time of COVID when you couldn't get a truck, you're like, no, I got dedicated. My, I have trucks there. These are dedicated only to me. And what also can happen, and I don't, I know it's probably not all of them, but Let's just say you move a load from Chicago to L.A. on a dedicated truck. They're paying for that. You can get them a backhaul. They might not get a backhaul in their own. If you left them to their own devices, they're not. A, they're not a brokerage. They aren't a managed trans. They're a retailer. So they might say, "Nope, I don't want anything else in my truck." But they could also say, "Yeah, if you can get a backhaul of something appropriate, do it." Absolutely. That's one of the big advantages that we bring to the table with our, as you mentioned, our managed transportation fleet, our brokerage team, our fleet support services. You know, we can find that backhaul lane that matches a similar product type. If we've got a a food grade trailer and we don't want to put, you know, rusty metal in it, we can go find a backhaul that is appropriate for that and help to reduce that cost of those miles coming back home with that dedicated capacity. And it's also in a way that's not, you know, well, I'm going to go take, as as the trucking company, I'm going to go take this load over here that's going to pay me triple what that one will, and I'll get back to you in a week. It is, no, I, I know I need to be back by tomorrow at 9 a.m., 
this load gets me there and there's some revenue for both of us that we get to share out of that, it makes sense. Let's do it. I love it. I love it. So we just talked about dedicated. What is managed transportation for those who don't get into it every day? Yeah, so managed transportation is really the uh, the third-party logistics portion of our business. So we're, again, integrated with our customer partners to understand what are the raw materials that are coming into their production facilities or what are the finished goods that are ready to ship out to their customer base. We're managing all of those loads. We're building loads that make sense, building routes and lanes that make sense, and then partnering with, in, in some cases, it may be our Ruan asset best Basset-based fleet. In other cases, it might be a, a third-party carrier that we've got a relationship with. But then, again, providing really some capacity in a, in a quasi-dedicated space to be able to get that product from point A to point B seamlessly for our customers and take that burden off of them. Yep, yep. And so Managed Trans is for somebody who's probably got a lot of business. And uh, you've got, you're taking all of it, whether it's LTL, truckload, Expedite, all of it's everything they do that's moving you're doing it. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. And so you also have a brokerage. What does the brokerage do compared to the managed trans? So our brokerage is typically going to be a space where we're, you know, we've got certain lanes that we're helping them identify transportation needs for and, and getting it from point A to point B. Again, a lot of our brokerage ends up being fleet support for our asset-based fleet. We help, you know, that's where some of those backhauls we just talked about or other things yep. come in. But also just just helping some of those customers that don't have a, a lot of you know consistent. It's it's not 25 loads every day every day of the week. It's a load here, a load there. We can help broker that out and, and make sure that it gets from point A to point B safely. Yep. You know when I first came to logistics and transportation, I came from automotive, and I remember I kind of had a mindset of not knowing it all, everything I needed to know. Was I thought I don't like brokerage because it felt transactional to me. But then as, as you get into it, you realize sometimes you need more. You need an extra 10 trucks. And you say, we need an extra 10 trucks because it's Christmas time and we're moving more. And not everybody's in the same place in this business. So I, yeah. I, I recognize the need for but I, again, I very much lean in towards the dedicated model or the managed trans. But I also understand some people have that need for just transaction, you know, transactional Absolutely. relationship. And I'm sure some of them grow. And you say at some point they call and say, you know what? Enough of this brokerage stuff. Let's talk managed trans. <laughs> yes. Yes, absolutely. That's it, that's one of our big focuses, right, is, is let's let's integrate as many of those services we can together because it's going to strengthen that relationship. It gives our customers that many more options to be able to help manage their transportation needs, whether that's with an asset-based fleet or it's just some, some seasonal, you know, additional capacity that, that goes through that brokerage arm. However we can help serve, that's how, that's how we're here to help. Yep. So you got one other area that you mentioned. You mentioned value added warehouse. What is that? I know what warehousing is. This is an e-commerce warehousing like I normally hear people talk about. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. So for us, warehousing is, is again, it's a lot like our managed transportation space where we've got a customer who may have a, a manufacturing facility and they need upstream storage for raw materials or kits that they're going to be using on their assembly lines. They also need storage for finished goods that are going to go out to their customer base. We help supplement that through our dedicated asset-based fleet. 
we're moving that product from that warehouse to the manufacturing line and back from the manufacturing line to the warehouse and then ultimately out to the customer base. But again, really, really supplementing their core business, allowing them to focus on their manufacturing or their production. And we then take care of the other aspects that, uh, that we specialize in. Yep. I visited one of your warehouses years ago and it was for one customer. And first off, it's a huge, huge facility. It had a lot of your trucks there, had some of their trucks there. Well, I imagine those were, those were your, their trucks are probably your dedicated fleet now that I think about yes. it. Yep, absolutely. But it was massive. And one customer in that facility. And you guys, it looked like you guys were there. I know you weren't doing all the production for them, but it sure looked like you were doing a lot of stuff that I would associate with production facilities. It, yes, there is a, you know, in, in many cases, that warehouse in particular, it, it really is building assembly kits that they're going to use. We're taking, you know, a, a, a assortment of seven or eight or 10 different parts that they're going to use to build a machine. We're putting that into a kit then that can just go straight to the assembly line and all the parts that they need are ready. And uh, it, it keeps things moving in a really efficient manner. Yep. Yep. And, and this all... It's not an uncommon thing to hear somebody say, we become an extension of your logistics and supply chain group. And sometimes that might be a little overstated, but in the case of you guys, it doesn't seem overstated because you have <laughs> you have one of managing their warehouse and maybe managed trans or dedicated. It is not it is not a casual relationship. <laughs> no, not at all. We have a, a customer satisfaction survey process that we do every year. And uh, that's that's one of the most consistent things that we, we hear from our customers as it relates to our services is they, in many cases, they don't know where their team ends and the Ruan team begins. And that's exactly the way we want it, right? It's, we want to be part of their team. We want them to be part of our team so that everyone comes to the table when we're ready to talk about hey, we've got a challenge with this aspect of our shipment that we got to get out today. Everyone's on the same page. We're understanding where each side's coming from and uh, and we can work through to, to get resolution on those. Right. So Blake, real quick, before we get into more safety discussion, I want to understand a little bit about you. Where'd you grow up? Where'd you go to school? Give us some career highlights before you joined Ruan. Sure. Yeah. So I, uh, I'm an Iowa kid, born and raised. I grew up over in the eastern part of the state, just outside of Iowa City, and then went to the University of Northern Iowa up in Cedar Falls, Iowa. Graduated from there with marketing, finance, and real estate degrees. And you look at that and go, what's this guy doing working in transportation? <laughs> the answer to that is actually really simple. I graduated in the middle of the Great Recession mm -hmm. and was wandering around the career fair going, what am I going to do with myself? Real estate and finance doesn't seem to be the place to be anymore. <laughs> uh, so I happened to, to uh, run into a friend of mine who worked for Target at their regional distribution center. Oh, that's a Peter good start. Paul. And uh, yeah, it was, it was a, a, a fortunate connection. He said, well, have you ever thought about this? And I I kind of thought to myself, you know, I, well, I've done retail my whole life. I grew up in a, a, a family business that, that uh, ran some grocery stores in eastern Iowa. I, I don't really want to do retail. And he said, no, this is a, a completely different side. This is supply chain and distribution. So I, I took a leap of faith, dipped my toe in the water, spent uh, about eight and a half years at Target between their regional distribution center and then up at their corporate office in Minneapolis. And then uh, now about six years ago, moved back to the Des Moines area here and have been at home in Ruan ever since. Started in a couple of different roles. I led our 
continuous improvement team here at Ruan, as well as, well as the team that does all of our or, or executes all of our new business startups. So as we have a new customer, or a new location coming on, helping to manage that project from end to end to make sure that everything goes off without a hitch. Then uh, spent about two and a half years as the director of operations for our hazmat bulk tanker division here at Ruan. And then about a little over a year ago, transitioned into my current role leading our safety and compliance teams. I love it. I love it. You couldn't have found Target's a fantastic start. So why why did you choose Ruan? I mean, you had options when you left Target. Why Ruan among all those other companies out there? There's a lot of trucking companies out your way. <laughs> it, there are. There are a lot of them here in, uh, in Des Moines and, and throughout the state of Iowa. For me, Ruan was really about the culture. I had a chance as I was kind of starting to, to figure out where was I going to land next. Uh, I had a chance to meet with a couple of our folks here at Ruan before I was hired and just really ultimately fell in love with the people here. There is, it, it, it sounds cliche, but this is truly a people first company. We we care about the individuals that work for Ruan. You'll, you'll hear the phrase, the Ruan family. And that's not just your last name is Ruan. That is everyone that works for Ruan Transportation is part of this family, and uh, it, that was it was such a no-brainer for me. Once I learned more about it and and got involved in the company, it, it's it's a great place to be and and where I'll call home for as long as everyone will have me. <laughs> <laughs> excellent, excellent. So before we hit record, we were talking about some of the you know again today's topic is the overlooked advantage in trucking and. Of course, being the vice president of safety, you have to say safety, but I will throw this out there. I am, I'm coming from a background in automotive and we would bring lean, right? Which can sound a little bit of a buzzword, but we would sometimes look at it like these scorecards, right? And we were, we're, and it has to be balanced. The first thing we would always say in a plant, the most important thing is safety. Before, before you worry about cost or delivery, quality we worried about safety because if you get the safety wrong you can't expect the quality is going to be right if the people who are delivering that quality aren't safe they aren't going to deliver quality are they worried about cost if you have safety problems you have a cost problem also you impact morale so anytime you talk to a really good plant manager he'll say safety is the top priority here Yes, quality is important. Yes, cost is, I mean, cost is important. So is delivering the product to where it needs to be. But ultimately, if I can't get the safety thing right, the rest is going to be wrong. That's spot on. It's, you know, at Ruan, we have five guiding principles. The first two of those are people first and safety focus. And those two really go hand in hand. Yeah. Again, when, when you have a culture that cares about the people who are, doing the work, whether that's our drivers, our technicians, our warehouse uh, associates, it's our accounting team, it's our finance group, it's our marketing sales team, wherever you might find yourself. When you care about the people, everyone is engaged, everyone wants to do things the right way, and that leads to a, a naturally safe workforce and vice versa. When you demonstrate true, genuine care about safety, because you want everyone here to go back home to their family in the same condition that they came in at the beginning of the day, maybe just a little dirtier and a little more money in their pocket. That really demonstrates who we are as a, as a company, who we are as a, what we strive to be as a culture and really sets the bar for what we do and, and how that all works together. Yeah. Yeah. I, 
Absolutely. I mean, there, there's no way to argue with any of this in my mind. But we have seen during COVID, it was the wild, wild west. A lot of things went crazy. And, you know, when we talked about our our frontline employees, that was not just nurses, not just uh, not just people keeping us safe, but it was also the guys who were driving those trucks and keeping keeping the shelves mostly full at the stores, right? Absolutely. So, so we talked about some of the advantages here, as you mentioned, the 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 culture and the and and we'll get the people first and the safety focus, but also you have your customers name on the side of your trucks in many cases but if it's not just their name it's also if it's the ruan name there's a branding and reputation element to this too absolutely again safety is is so integrated into everything we do you know when when that truck is going down the road and it's got that 53 foot billboard with our customer's name on the back end of it people are going to associate that negatively if they see that truck is involved in an accident on the side of the road or it's parked off on the shoulder for any reason at all. Or if it's all dented up and dingy, right? (laughs) Absolutely. There there is so much truth in that. So it it really does, you know, set a higher expectation for how we train our drivers, how we hire and onboard drivers, everything that goes into managing the, the aspects of transportation to make sure that everyone is safe. It also provides such a, a great level of brand reputation when when you avoid those you know issues. The the best thing that can happen for us is, as you mentioned earlier, to just kind of operate behind the scenes. You don't know that is a Ruan truck, but you you can tell that that's one of our customers' trucks, and people see it going down the roadway, smooth, clean, safe. That's that's a testament to the the people that we've got behind the wheel. One of the things I'm, I'm from a automotive manufacturing and engineering background and one of the things we learned a long time ago was well i will say like i started working in the 80s long time ago and one of the things we learned way back then was you know if we don't do the preventive maintenance on on our assembly lines they will go down and that when it goes down the there could be people injured there's definitely going to be some some costs associated with it. it's more to fix a machine that you didn't ma- maintain and that is very true of all trucking. If you don't maintain your fleet, they're going to break down and it's going to cost you, potentially somebody gets hurt. Anyone on the side of the road could get hurt. But beyond that, there's the uptime. Uh, that's that's an asset. I don't need it sitting on the side of the road. I don't need it waiting two weeks for a part. I don't need to wait. We have a mechanic shortage right now. I don't need yeah. to wait two or three days for a, a mechanic to be available. You can't even get them diagnosed right now in some cases. So you cost yourself revenue. So my point is a lot of people listen to my podcast are 3PLs, brokers, and they are always looking for that lowest price. (laughs) And I always think, yeah, it's the lowest price unless it breaks down, unless, unless they aren't able to get there on time. Keeping the, keeping the fleet up and running and safe, it does cost more. But I think in the long run, it's, a really good investment and probably saves you money in the long run. It absolutely does. That's that's one of the things that we talk a lot about here at Ruan is is providing stable value-based pricing for our customer partners and and providing that transparency to be able to say we're we're not going to be the lowest cost provider in this space, but we will be the highest service provider and here's how we're going to do that. We highlight our world-class uh, technicians and our fleet maintenance staff 
again, to the point you were just talking about, uptime is such a valuable commodity, especially in, in today's day and age where we are upwards of 80 to 90,000 drivers short of what we need as an industry. Every minute that that truck is down, whether it's due to an accident and it's, it's down for repair or it's something that could have been caught during the preventative maintenance process, that adds up in a hurry. So having a great fleet maintenance program like we do at Ruan is foundational to keeping that going, along then with, again, our, our driver hiring processes, our onboarding and training, everything that goes into that, and, and making sure that our operations staff are fully supported in, in doing the things that they need to do to have those conversations with, whether it's a driver or a customer, about getting the freight there the right way, the safe way, on time. It's It all works together. Yeah, years ago when I was still at a little 3PL, we normally wouldn't take on kind of transactional business. But I had a friend, friend of a friend, and they were moving lottery tickets. And they told me, yeah, you can bid on this. We normally wouldn't bid on anything. We'd say, look, we want all your business. And we would kind of do the managed trans perspective, right? But this, in this case, I said, well, you know, we'll earn their trust and then we'll get all their business. But in the meantime, I had to be the lowest price. And I found somebody who would allow us to be the lowest price. And then the guy kind of, as an aside, said, hey, by the way, if this is late by more than two days, we have to call the FBI. These are lottery tickets. <laughs> and I was like, well, this is less than truckload. We're not gonna be, or no, it was like, no, if it was a truckload, I was like, eh, it's not going to be late. It's two days late. I mean, it could be a a little bit late, but it's not two days, no. Well, over the weekend, my driver called <laughs> and said, hey, um, we had some problems, and um, we're, we're going to get them fixed. We'll be on the road Monday. We'll get it to there Monday afternoon, Tuesday morning at the latest. I was like, okay, because if it goes later than that, the, the FBI is going to get called. Well, cut to the chase. The FBI got called. And that was one of our first loads with them. And I remember I called the guy and I said, look, you know, we're friends of friends. I know I'm not winning any more of your business. To be honest, I don't want any more of your business because it's super critical. It's a safety, it's, it's, you know, safety. It's, it's a crime to be late on this stuff, right? Yet I had to be the lowest price. I had to go be the lowest price. I had to find a carrier that would take a, a rate that it was too low. And then it got us both in trouble. I, I, it's just not good business. It, no, it, it's really not. And that's that's one of the things that we talk about right out of the gate with a, a prospective customer or even a current customer when there may be, you know, changes in philosophy or leadership changes, whatever that might be. We we have kind of a, a preferred model of, of what a customer looks like that we want to work with. And it's it's not transactional. It's not the low cost model. It is someone who's going to be a valuable partner whose values align with our values as a as a company and we're we're going to have this really solid connection and and true partnership we we don't want to just be a transportation provider we want to be your partner in all things supply chain that's that's really what we're, right. we're trying to do and i, I we were the little 3pl i was at we we're similar and i always remember when i would call somebody and say Hey, I'd like to talk to you about your transportation logistics, give them our whole, you know, spiel. And then a lot of them were really quick to say something like, I'll send you a list of our shipments today and you give me a price. And to some people that sounds, oh, great. That's, I'm going to get loads today. 
But for me and for my team, we started realizing if they say that, we're out because they aren't looking for a partner. They're looking for the lowest price. And they, and I'm going to explain to them. I said, look, my customers, if we screw up, we, we might not charge them. If it has to be expedited and it's our fault, we expedite our own time. I can never do that for a transactional partner. Absolutely. I'm not going to bend over backwards when I have to be the lowest price every single day. You haven't given, you haven't invested in the relationship. I can't invest in the relationship. And that's, that's not the way any of us want to work. So I want to cover a few things here and I'm, I'm going to summarize a little bit. And then I want to get into how you guys go about making sure you get that safety. So again, we're talking to Blake Gromas, the overlooked advantage in trucking and of course that safety. So the advantage of the safe fleet, we're going to have our, our brand and our reputation, not only the trucking company, the brokerage, potentially also the customer, uptime and revenue. Those trucks are going to stay on the road because we don't have safety issues. We don't have them coming off the road with, with, with all sorts of problems with the fleet, right? We're going, to, we're going to have more revenue. We're going to avoid the cost of accidents and other things. And when you say the cost, that's not just money. That is human health, right? It's equipment costs. You're going to be more predictable. You're going to be more reliable. And the morale of the, of the drivers is going to be overall higher. So all that's easy enough. How does, and I, by the way, I know you guys have won awards. Maybe you can talk about that, your safety awards. How do you guys go about consistently being a safe carrier? So again, I, I talked at the, the onset here about the culture, and that's that's really where it starts. We, we care about our people. We care about our drivers and our frontline staff. We, we care about safety from, from Ben McLean, our CEO, all the way through our organization. Everyone is focused on doing things the right way, not taking shortcuts and, and ensuring that we talk about captain of the ship and that that gives every one of our drivers, our warehouse team members, whoever it might be, absolute stop work authority. When they see something that is not safe, they see something that doesn't feel quite right. They personally maybe have something going on that, that has them in a different frame of mind. They have the ability to stop work, make a phone call, get a hold of somebody and get that situation resolved and get things taken care of. It, it really starts there with that high level of personal accountability and responsibility for everything that, that you do. The fact that you're willing to listen also. I'm sure there's lots of drivers who have at one time or another said, I don't feel comfortable about this. And then somebody says, yeah, well, we're not asking, get in the truck and drive. Yes, absolutely. Um, unfortunately, that that does exist in this industry, and that's that's something we actually hear pretty consistently from drivers who uh, who join the Ruan team. That first bad snowstorm in the wintertime, and they say, "Hey, it's it's not safe to to drive from Des Moines to Chicago today. Interstate 80 is a mess." And they get supported by that. Their manager and their safety manager and everyone in the organization says, "Yes, that's the right call." It's better to get that load there tomorrow than it is to risk life and limb to get it there today. Drivers will respond to that. They'll say, I, I've heard this captain of the ship thing before, but no one's ever actually held true to it like you do. That's that's a big, big piece of building and, and earning that trust with our drivers, for sure. Well, we, we're in a market right now and you hear a lot of trucking companies what's always crazy to me is some of them in business for three generations little trucking companies going out of business and so when you're on your way out of business one of the challenges is 
obviously cost, right? And I think people start cutting corners. They cut corners on maintenance and that whole captain of the ship, they might have it on their uh, on their website, but maybe it doesn't translate to what we do day to day as much because we are going out of business. Yeah, definitely. And that's, you know, again, a, a company that's been around for as long as we have. That's that's something we take a lot of pride in. Every, everyone that's here at Ruan knows the story of how our company was founded, knows the journey that we've been on, and and the the next 91 years are going to look a whole lot like it, right? We're constantly adapting and and improving and and getting better at at what we do, but that core concept of people and safety working hand in hand that will never change for us. Yep. So what else do you, I'm sure you have training. Talk a little bit about the training and other things you do to get that safety ingrained in your team. Yes, absolutely. So our uh, our mega safe proprietary safety system, you know, Ruan was actually the first trucking company to implement a formal safety program all the way back in the 1940s. And that has oh continued to grow and evolve. <laughs> and it, again, that's, that's our mega safe safety culture. So we have uh, a whole suite of of uh, things that we do from a training standpoint, from an onboarding standpoint, but it, it ultimately boils down to having rules of the road. We call them our mega safe seven rules of safe driving. We have rules of, of working safely, whether that's for our drivers, our warehouse team members, our technicians. It's, it's really honed in and, and focused on making sure that you have all the tools, all the training, all of the resources available to do your job without having to take shortcuts and empowering our team members to say, there's a better way to do this. There's a safer way we can do this and being willing to listen for sure. So all your drivers go through the Omega safe. I, I, now I'm assuming you got to have some experience to go work at Ruan. Yes, we, we do hire experienced drivers. We, we require nine months minimum tractor trailer experience uh, within the last three years. So we are are dealing with a a more experienced driver coming in right out of the gate, but we we do everyone goes through the same onboarding experience that includes training on our Mega Safe Five and Seven, and it's also part of our ongoing training. We do quarterly safety trainings that uh, that just give everybody a refresher, maybe about a a new topic that's coming down, you know, a new industry regulation or something like that that we want to train on. It may just be a refresher on, hey, it's it's been six months since we talked about Mega Safe Seven. Let's talk about those again. Just keep them front of mind for everyone. It may be things that we see trends that are happening out on the roadway from our video safety program that we implemented a couple of years ago, and we want to just make sure that everyone has a chance to share those learnings and and see what others are seeing, and be able to to be prepared to address those situations if they come across them on the roadway. Yep. Before we hit record, you said something to me. They, you said you used the term "fight the battle of complacency." What, what do you mean by that? Yeah. So you know, complacency is uh, it's it's a wicked, wicked thing. And uh, whether you're on a manufacturing line or you're behind the wheel of a truck or you're you're sitting in an office building, when you do the same thing over and over and over again it becomes really easy to, to become complacent and to, to take that shortcut. I've done it this way a hundred times before and nothing bad's ever happened, so I'm gonna keep doing it. Well, you might do it 999 times without an accent, but that thousandth time could be something that, that is catastrophic. So we, we really talk a lot about whether it's that refresher training, it's 
the presence in the workplace, one of the biggest things that we talk about is not managing from behind the desk, right? If, if our operations staff are out, they're present in the yard, they're going on ride-alongs with our drivers, they're in the customer uh, location as well. It's, it's that presence in the workplace. You're getting a chance to talk to our drivers, our warehouse staff, our technicians, and understand firsthand what are the challenges that you're up against today? What are the things you saw out on the road today? And let's talk about how we can overcome those. What do we need to do? Is there a training opportunity that we might need to address? It's it's being present. It's fighting that battle of, of complacency to make sure that everyone is, is always looking for the, the right thing to do. It's always the right time to do that. Yep. One other thing you mentioned to me, and I never heard this before, you talked about video safety. Talk a little bit about what you're doing there. Yeah. So uh, we rolled out our video safety program, which includes both external and internal to the cab facing video technology. It's been live in our across our fleet now for about two and a half years. We did some testing and piloting with a few different systems before that, really right at the onset of the pandemic. And what our video safety program has allowed us to do is to see the challenges that our drivers are up against every day. You know, five years ago, you'd have a driver that would be coming back from their, their route for the day and say, hey, hey, Joe, how'd your day go today? And they would tell you this story that just seemed so irrational sometimes. You go, there's, there's no way that, that someone would be silly enough to do that on the interstate, would they? And now we can see it. We see it firsthand through the video that gets I'm assuming it's most. Event. I'm assuming it's mostly us in the passenger vehicles acting like lunatics. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. That that has been so eye opening. I think for so many folks on our team, and and uh, yeah, seeing the the way that the four wheelers on the road around the big trucks, it's it's scary sometimes. The the things that we see out there, whether it's you know distracted driving using your cell phone or putting on your makeup or eating your breakfast burrito while you're going down the road. There's a lot of things that are distracting people out there, unfortunately. And, and our drivers have to deal with that each and every day. And our, our video safety program has been a really, really powerful tool to help identify those challenges, share that message across our entire fleet and use it as a training opportunity to be able to say, look, this, this happened. This is a real world example of something that happened. Let's highlight the great job that our driver did to avoid that situation and, and do the right thing. And let's talk about how everyone should do that going forward, should you find yourself there. I told you this before uh, we hit record. <clears throat> I was driving over the weekend, going to see my mom. It was her birthday. We were having a little party. And about five minutes from my house on the expressway, it just stopped dead. And I'm thinking, there's, I live out a little bit in the sticks. I was like, eh, this shouldn't be happening. I think I moved a mile in 40 minutes and I wasn't the only one in this huge traffic jam. And so all of uh, these people started putting their cars in reverse and driving backwards on the ramps. Other people were kind of four wheeling it. And, and by the way, there is truck traffic and I was sitting right by a truck and it was, it was tarped. I couldn't see what they were moving, but yeah, that irrational, I told you, I said this, I, I don't want to make light of this, but I was like, there better be a whole bunch of dead bodies there when I get past. When I pass whatever's going on, there better be a big burn. I'm thinking, okay, calm down, idiot. Calm down. And <laughs> drivers have to do this all day, every day. 
And I can see how you would just want to lose your damn mind. And if they get irrational, they can't decide, I'm going to put it in reverse or go off-roading. They have to be in control of their emotions and not lose their damn mind when this is going on. Yes. Yeah. So one of the the newer pieces of our mega safe safety program that we've rolled out recently is what we call our I'm safe checklist. And it's something that we adapted from the aviation industry, actually. But I'm safe is a it's an acronym that talks about influence, medical stress, agitation, fatigue and emotion. I-M-S-A-F-E. And it, it gives our drivers the opportunity to, to go through each of those and say... We should all use that list. <laughs> we, we have talked about this to, to no end. Yeah, absolutely. Whether it's us getting in our personal vehicles, driving to or from work or to the grocery store or whatever that might be. Or sitting down at work. Yes, absolutely. Because it, it is distraction, whether that's distracted driving or distraction at your desk at work, whatever that might be, goes so far beyond... You know, many cases we think about distracted driving as, as that person that's going down the road putting makeup on or they're on their cell phone or they're eating a bowl of soup or whatever that might be driving with their knee. And that certainly is distracted driving. But distracted driving is also things like, gosh, I just I don't feel well today and that's on my mind. Or I just had a, a rough conversation with my spouse before I left home or I've got a, a sick kid or a sick parent. My mind's just not in it today. It's really important to make sure that you are fully prepared and ready to be behind the wheel, whether it's an 18-wheeler or it's a four-wheeler. Right. It's super important to be focused on that. Yep, yep. So I want to summarize some of the little, what we talked about here. And this is the way you guys achieve that consistent. And you guys, if you've won awards for this, right? Ruins what run safety awards? We have. We've won a number of industry safety awards. Won an ATA President's Trophy back in 2017, uh, which is the kind of the the Super Bowl of uh, of safety awards in our industry. But year in and year out, we also win uh, a number of awards, whether that's from our customers for safe driving and safe fleets. We just recently won seven awards through the ATA's Industrial Safety and Truck Safety Contests for 2021. So. Yeah, we're, we are certainly industry recognized. It's, it's something that works very well for us. So I want to summarize some of this. So again, you started off by saying it really starts with culture and you said safety focus, people first. And then the Mega Safe Training Program, which includes the orientation, ongoing training. You also talked about this fight the battle of complacency, the video safety. Oh, you also used the term before we hit record that was called inspect what you expect. What do you mean by that? Yeah, so that's that's really you know we we talked about being present in the workplace and not managing from behind the desk. We we want all of our frontline leaders to be out doing yard walks, to go on a ride along with with their drivers, or out you know on the warehouse floor or on the shop floor, just seeing what what our team members are are dealing with and making sure that hey, we we trained on Mega Safe 7 and the, the rules of safe driving. We're coming up on an intersection. Did you expand your view and see where there might be hazards that are coming onto the interstate in front of you? That's really what we what we mean when we talk about inspecting what you expect. Just, you know, it, it's one thing to train and just let someone go off and, and do their thing. But if we train and then we follow through on that to make sure that the expectations that we've set through that training are being met and being followed, that's how we maintain such a safe workplace and and uh, keep people going home in the same condition they came in every day. 
Well, I love it. I love it. And by the way, when we're talking about so many problems in the trucking business, again, it's been it's a low margin business, it's a difficult business. If if you don't think so, just just go and go on Freightwaves or any of the media sites and look how many trucking companies are struggling. And I love that you guys are still focused on on safety because again, it's really easy to really easy to start cutting corners in a market like this. And I really think it you need leadership. You need leadership in this space to say, we are going to do it. We're going to do the right thing. We're not going to do it at all. And again, I think there's a lot of, again, I, I say this, when I was still working at 3PL, I was tempted to take business that was going to be so low margin that we couldn't service it right. And I remember thinking, no, the hell with it. Yeah, that would be a little extra money, but it's not worth it because we know it's going to be a hassle. We know at some point we're going to have to have a conversation about we're not making enough money and they're going to say that's what you took it for. Skip it. And I think you need to have leadership. Once you get to a certain size, I know you have uh, some other opportunities that maybe smaller guys don't have, but the company wasn't always that big. You had to do the right things along the way. Yes, it, it really does take, you know, strong leadership and just being uncompromising on your core values and beliefs. And and again, for us, those, those really come down to our people and the doing things the right way. If we get into a situation where someone is asking us to compromise on that, we just, we're not going to do it. That's, that's not who we are. And, and we're going to stand firm on this is, this is how we do things. This is how we differentiate ourselves. If that's a fit, great. If not, you know, we'll talk to you down the road. <laughs> See you after you get tired of your other company that screws <laughs> things up. All right, Blake. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. So, the, again, the topic is the overlooked advantage in trucking. Final thoughts on that topic. See, what we've been talking about is safety. Yeah, it, it really is, Joe. I think such an overlooked aspect of keeping costs down for uh, for our customer partners, right? When when again, you have trucks that are running down the road, you have drivers who are trained and, and doing things the right way. You maximize that uptime, you keep things rolling, you provide that level of consistency and reliability. It is such a untapped resource sometimes that that it really, it, it's it's something that everyone should be focused on the same way that we are. Yep. So who's the sweet spot for Ruan Transportation? I know there's a lot of a lot of sweet spots given the size of your company, but who's the sweet spot for you guys? Yeah, so our our customer base is uh again, it's it's really wide ranging, but primarily we we want to work with folks who have a a need for one of those four services or more of those four services that we offer with as dedicated managed trans brokerage and warehousing we'll say value-added warehousing. Yes, yes. One or more of, of those four services, someone that we can be a, a true partner with, someone that, that shares our values and, and aligns culturally. Those are those are really the kind of folks that we want to work with and, and we want to be a part of their organization and make them a part of ours. So what are some areas you work in? What I know you work in, we talked about alcohol before we hit records. What are some other areas? Talk a little bit about some of your customers without giving their names, of course. It, yeah. Yeah, so we do uh, for uh, for some of the states that are still, you know, they control all of the liquor and spirits distribution. That is a spot that we play in today, both on the warehousing and transportation side. But we also have a really big presence in the retail, the grocery space, dairy hauling, flatbed. When you say dairy, that's that's tankers. 
Yes, tankers hauling uh, raw milk from from dairy farms to production facilities. Oh, We've got a, yeah, a big book of business in that space. I think I think it's fair to say you guys do Fairlife, right? Yes, I, I know that's public, so I'm not sharing any secrets. I love that Fairlife milk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're a, a really good partner for us as well. And then, yeah, beyond that, again, flatbed. Uh, we do a lot of metals hauling for a, a number of different customers. We haul, you know, finished goods and and production materials for a number of manufacturing clients. Uh, again, in in many cases, you name it, we haul it. Really, it's outside of uh, fuel hauling. That's that's probably about the the one big area that we don't play in. We do a lot in the uh, chemical and cryogenic space as well. That's that's where I kind of cut my teeth oh, wow. on the, the trucking <laughs> operation space. A, a very highly the bar is high there area for sure. <laughs> So it, it's uh, made that a, a natural transition for me. But yeah, it's, you know, really, really any company that uh, has a need and shares a lot of the same values and, and uh, people aspects that we do, we want to talk. I was just going to say, given what we talked about, it seems like they would have to fit. They would have to align values wise. And that's my experience with you guys, too, is it's it's got to be a fit that way. You're not going to go with somebody who says, hey, this is we need everything to be lowest price and uh <laughs> yeah, the the transactional space is yeah, it's just not not really where we play. Yeah, yeah. So, what conferences will you be at, Blake? So you know we uh, so Dan Van Alstine, who is our president and chief operating officer, is the chairman of the American Trucking Associations this year. So we have a, a very heavily involved team beyond Dan in the ATA. So any ATA events were there. We'll be represented a lot of state truck driving championships coming up throughout this summer, as well as at the national level. And beyond that, we uh, we actually have a really busy summer internally here. We are prepping for a all-manager leadership summit here in Des Moines, where we're bringing everybody in at the end of June to do some ongoing training. You people all over the country, right? We do, yes. We have about uh, 275 locations all over the lower 48. Whoa! So we will we'll be having all of our managers and everybody here at our, our uh, Des Moines campus to uh, do some leadership training and, and just really some networking and opportunities to get together here. Beyond that, uh, I mentioned July 4th of 1932 was our founding date, so we will be Celebrating Founders Week here and Founders Month really throughout the month of July. And then uh, later this summer, early fall, we'll be wrapping up some of our big festivities with our Operation and Driver of the Year celebrations. Really, really excited about those. It's a such a great event every year to recognize our teams and our drivers who are doing such a great job out there each and every day. I, I got to tell you, I say this all the time on my podcast, but it's the truth. We talk about technology, we talk about AI and business intelligence and all the, you know, automated this and automated that, but we still are built on the back of truck drivers and warehouse workers, port workers, the people who actually touch stuff, who can't have their job automated today. And it's it's nice to hear when you talk about not only the drivers, but also the things you guys are doing. You, you can see you guys are on a different different plane than most people. Yeah, again, it's 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 all about culture. I know I've, I've said that a lot, and, and it may sound a little cliche because everyone talks about their culture, but at, at Ruan, it, it really is. It's an investment in our people. It's an investment in our business that everyone, you know, everyone comes out better for it. Yep. What I'll do, Blake, is I'll put a link to your LinkedIn profile and a link to your website and any other links you and your marketing team give me and uh, put those in the show notes so people can reach out and talk to you. But thank you so much for coming on my podcast. Absolutely. I appreciate the invite. It's been a great conversation.
Yeah, thank you so much. And thank all of you for listening to my podcast. Your support's very much appreciated. Until next time, onward and upward. You have been listening to the Logistics of Logistics podcast, where we engage with leaders in the logistics and supply chain community. If you like what you hear, please subscribe, hit the like button, and leave us a nice review on Apple or Spotify or wherever else you listen. Also, please check out our videos on YouTube and connect with us on LinkedIn. We're very big on LinkedIn. And you can also reach us on the logisticsoflogistics.com, our website.